The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million. And this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So Sarah, what is the hot gossip as of late? TikTok got big mad at me and then our videos weren't doing well for a while. And then I had to drag Ryan Adams. So that's been fun. We um, had to um, start putting out more content so that TikTok would love us in order <laughs> to fix the issue of being literally cock-blocked on truly, TikTok. Truly cock-blocked. This is like the riveting stuff that happens when you don't leave your house. Is like all you care about is TikTok. <laughs> What's going Sarah on there? almost, to clarify, Sarah almost hit 1 million views on a tiktok video about cynthia the plaster caster who used to plaster cast rock stars dicks and some asshole was like this is nudity and i had to be like excuse me tiktok this is fine art <laughs> we got the video unblocked so that is good but, but i'm um, never gonna i never am gonna reach my one million i was so fucking yet. close <laughs> so it's so rude but yeah and then in in other news in um discovering people reclaiming uh internalized misogyny songs ash nico released this song called later boy which is like a new take on skater boy by avril lavigne where the girl realizes that skater boys are gross and she has a glow up and he sucks and i love it <laughs> i love it so much is there a music video out for this I, I actually don't know i feel like there should be if there isn't Ashnico so i know like ashniko's <laughs> album just dropped and this is like on that album yeah. and she has like really interesting music videos so i hope she does put one out like that that would be amazing i just like you know when you text your friends and you're like i'm screaming i genuinely was screaming <laughs> it's like i was too man <laughs> Because it's basically a cover, but she changes all the verses. Yeah, and then she like added some new stuff. I don't know. It was great. I loved it. I was like, this is iconic. Yeah, and then another name, three songs news. If you want to be more involved in these random findings of ridiculous TikToks or awesome new songs, you should come join us on Patreon because we talk about all this stuff on our Discord server all of the time and we're having a really good time with it and we also are like releasing bloopers and outtakes and all that other fun stuff and we're really helping our little community flourish which has been great fun so there's three tiers all tiers get cool things so if you'd like to come join come hang out with us you can do that at patreon.com slash name three songs so since we got the hot gossip out of the way um what are we talking about today sarah we're talking about the archetype of pop star, and we have the most perfect guest joining us to talk about this. Jenna, would you like to tell everybody who's joining us today? Yeah, so you may recognize our guest, Gurley, as one of England's up-and-coming artists. She's been sticking it to the man since she was 17, with her punk take on pop music pushing the boundaries of what is actually girly anyway. 
She had a single come out called Passive Aggressive on January 15th, and she has an EP dropping on February 12th called X-Talk. And if you enjoy this conversation, you can find more on Girlie's YouTube channel where she has her own podcast called Girlie IRL. All around, she's so badass. So we're really grateful she was able to join us for this conversation. Yeah, I can't wait to tell everyone she's my friend now. (laughs) Anybody I talk to for more than five minutes is my new friend, Yeah, I mean, this conversation was so interesting. Like, we knew it was going to be interesting because the idea of pop star is such a weird term, especially nowadays with popular music verging so far away from, like, the pop archetype that most people think of, a la Britney Spears. And so having somebody on, like, having Girlie on who makes pop music, but makes pop music in a very modern, underground style of pop music that's, like, been allowed to be created, it just is, like, so interesting hearing her point of view and getting to share our point of view with somebody who does this was, like, so riveting. Yeah, I think, well, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but this was a really cool conversation because we did actually come to a conclusion on our hypothesis of our pop stars real. So I don't want to give anything away, but I'm just going to just going to tease that. Yeah. So we're super excited for you to hear this conversation. We genuinely ticked every box <laughs> that we wanted to take, which is amazing. But that just goes to show how informed Girlie is on pop music. So she literally was the ideal guest to have. So without further ado, all right, Girlie, we're so excited you're joining us today. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for for joining. So today, since we are talking all about pop stars, figure we kick it off with what do you think of when you think of a pop star? I think of something that really doesn't have a specific meaning anymore. I think that the idea probably that comes to most people's minds when they think of pop stars, this kind of like manufactured kind of whitewashed image of like girl, like a woman, you know, singing songs that she hasn't written and, you know, like performing like a kind of puppet. I think that's what like probably springs to most people's mind. But I think the word pop star now, that phrase is like quite an exciting phrase because it's it's like being redefined, I think. But like if I was to say what like springs to mind, that's like the most cliche kind of image of that it would probably be like yeah sort of like a girl singing a song yeah I think like to your description and what comes to my mind is Katy Perry in the era of teenage dream (laughs) right (laughs) yeah yeah kind of perfectly fits like what you just described yeah but this interesting thing about that is that I think she was like subverting she was like purposefully kind of saying all right I'm gonna be the most saccharine perfect kind of almost weirdly absent kind of pop star thing oh totally I think I think it was kind of like intentional you know because I I feel like she was quite clever to do yeah. that because she was kind of being a bit ironic with it I think like trying well, to she subvert did, like, it. start on Warp Tour like I saw her on Warp Tour in like 2008 I want to say and like she that. like had like a guitar but she was like dressed like a pop star and it's like when she was dating Travi from Jim Cuts Heroes so like you know <laughs> we're throwing her in the pit and seeing if she can hang that's literally what they did. I love that. That's so funny. Really? They saw her in the pit? Well, no, they like, they were trying to like, what I read of her is like, they were trying to like test out to see if she, like, if people were actually going to like her or not. So they put her on Warp Tour, which is like, <laughs> so random. Tour. 
so random so it's just it's interesting because like the term pop star has like been thrown around for quite some time and it didn't really stick until like the 80s because originally when elvis first came like on the music scene like they were like oh this is a pop star and that's when like the term started getting bigger and then from that like the beatles obviously were like viewed as pop stars until they like changed the type of music that they were creating and were trying to like cater to less screaming girls even though the screaming girls are the only reason why they were famous exactly <laughs> preach the amount of shit that like young girls get for being fans and i'm like this is the reason the music industry makes money literally <laughs> is young girls <laughs> who are fans it's ridiculous and that's the thing where it's like when the like pop star idea that like most people think of it's just funny because like i keep saying this it's like i'm never that much older than people but like my first thing is like britney in the um oops i did it again video is like my thing when i think of like a pop star is that like lycra like <laughs> spandex, yeah bright red outfit sort of thing and so it's like when we were googling for this to, like try and find out like when did pop stars start like when was that a thing the idea that most of us think of is like the teen pop idol sort of ideal which sort of started with like Kylie Minogue, Tiffany, Madonna, that sort of thing in the 80s and it's just so interesting because between like the Beatles and Kylie and Madonna the term pop star wasn't really used yeah from... it was like rock, rock star maybe yeah was it was like all yeah. like rock or disco and it's so interesting how the music changes so rapidly because also most of the people that we think of that are pop stars like britney christina like in think backstreet boys spice girls take that all that sort of thing are from like 97 to like 2003 was like their prime and in the early 90s there was like nothing because it was like Britpop grunge that sort of Nirvana. thing where yeah Nirvana and like yeah. the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air <laughs> that's all there was mm. yeah pop was kind of like out I guess yeah People and so it's just like, so interesting cool because the term pop star was such a bit it's such a big term still to this day and yet it wasn't really a huge thing really until like the 90s and obviously in the early 2000s it then sort of moved over to like girl and boy groups mainly so like Destiny's Child, S Club 7, No Secrets, Play, like that sort of sub genre of pop star, which was like you had to be in a group to be a pop star. Yeah, exactly. Like the pop group phenomenon. That brings us to like our main hypothesis of the day is like, is a pop star a real thing? Or is it like a social construct designed by the music industry to like <laughs> brainwash young people into like believing a certain thing? Especially because when you think of popular music, like pop is not the same thing as popular music anymore, where at one point, like, I, it just makes no sense to me. Like, I don't know, like, what your guys, like, thoughts on that are, but it's just that interesting thing where pop was supposed to be popular music. But when most people think of pop, especially nowadays, it's like, oh, like, Dua Lipa or something like that. So it's still that same sort of style as, like, Britney or whatever, but it's like vastly different because they're not see they're not topping the charts in the same style that they used to be yeah i mean i think that the term pop star is kind of almost i don't think it really exists because if you think about popular music or you know people who are making like you wouldn't say migos were like pop stars yeah 
but like that's they popular kind of music yeah. and like that genre of like trap that is like a hugely popular music right now but you would never say they were like pop star taylor swift is like pop star you'd say she was a pop star but it's like what what's the difference if they're on the same charts if they're both on billboard and like you know it's like interesting yeah i mean it's like drake like owned the charts for like three or four years and it's like i would never classify drake as a pop star because the male equivalent of a pop star would be like justin timberlake who still to this day is trying to force us make to watch him dance <laughs> yeah i think also even then i think pop star is used to describe women a lot more and which i also think is kind of interesting because you could go into how that term is actually a lot of the time yeah used to describe women a lot of the time used to describe white women which is why i think it's outdated as well yeah i mean that's a great point and actually usc annenberg in 2019 did a study like specifically about like gender in the music industry and they found that like between 2012 to 2019 they looked at the most popular i think it was like the 100 most popular songs from each year and they found that out of those only 21.7 percent of those artists were female obviously that stat is probably a lot slimmer for like gender non-conforming artists if it even exists within like the popular charts and so like you just said, we think of pop stars as female. We think of like there's a lot of rising women in music, but yet the most popular songs to this day are still dominated by men. Which kind of blows my mind because there are so many women and gender non-conforming artists making music. And also like if the majority of music fans, if I'm not wrong, are women too or like young mm -hmm. girls, it kind of makes me wonder, well, maybe it's an industry problem. <laughs> that there aren't enough women being signed to labels there aren't yeah. enough women women and gender non-conforming artists being signed being promoted being marketed being pushed yeah i completely agree and so before we get into more of today's pop stars i think we should just like first define the factors that we think contribute to this idea of like the teen pop star and i think a lot of that is you mentioned this already it's like very controlled by record labels controlled by management almost even manufactured by that in the case of a lot of those groups as sarah mentioned like they were put together by entertainment companies and a lot of them have that like wholesome like Disney image but at the same time sex appeal <laughs> which I think is funny like with Britney who was like 16 when like oops I did it again came out like hit me baby one more time and she's like in that like school girl uniform like very like 16 but very sexualized so problematic <laughs> so problematic well it's just yeah. that thing where it's like even though they know that girls are like the bigger consumer of music everything is always still catered to men because we live in a patriarchy <laughs> and so it's still that thing where it's like oh okay like this is what men like so this is what we need to cater towards and so they're doing this thing where it's like she's a virginal because she's like a goody two-shoes but also we want them to want to fuck her like so badly that like it's confusing mm -hmm. and they just uh, <laughs> it's all it's the whole thing of oh you either want to be her or you want to fuck her which is why there's so much pressure on women in the music industry and always has been because it's that thing of having to be desirable in some way you know mm -hmm. either you want young girls to want to be you or you want guys to want to fuck you or this or that and yeah it's messed up i mean the yeah britney was so young <laughs> Well, I mean, that's also like Christina Aguilera like came onto the scene with Genie in a Bottle, which is like, I'm a Genie in a Bottle, baby. You got to rub me the right way, yeah. honey. And it's like, she was like 16. 
Oh, was she 16 as well? Think, yeah, like they were both in, and that's the whole thing with like the Disney goody two-shoes image is like a lot of those pop stars that came up were part of the Mickey Mouse Club. So they got their training and their start by being connected to Disney. And so even when Disney stops controlling you, <laughs> they still they still got their claws in there somehow. Yeah, it's the same with, I mean, like Ariana Grande was in like a, obviously later than yeah. Mickey Mouse Club but came from Disney Selena Gomez came from Disney and it is that also I mean yeah Ariana Grande is also that kind of you know girlish sort of I'm young and cute and unassuming but also you want to fuck me kind of thing yeah I, I, the... I mean like the only artist really that I can think of that was just like pure sex appeal none of the like we're pure was like the Spice Girls were very like sexy and like but they were marketed to children yeah i know but it still is that thing where it's like they were still like sexy like i just remember also there's so many photos of me when i was nine where i would like tie my shirt up so i look could look like britney spears and the hit me baby (laughs) but yeah the spice girls were super cool because they had real personalities and they were loud and fun and there was less but then again baby spice was very much the same thing as britney like kind of the younger pure cute looking one but always like wearing you know really tiny dresses and stuff and yeah and loads of children were like spice girls (laughs) yeah so we actually found an article by laura snapes in the guardian in 2019 called new rules the destruction of female pop role model and laura writes but the concept of the pop role model expected to set an example to kids solidified when the spice girls became the first female act to be marketed at children in their real lives the all-nighters the eating disorders were hidden so effectively that billy eilish born in 2001 thought the band was made up by actors playing the roles of the group in spice world the movie (laughs) which is just a really fun fact about billy Wait, so she didn't think the Spice Girls were real? Yeah, she thought they were just characters in the movie, in like their documentary movie. Oh, and then they like became a band or she didn't really realize they had songs. I think like I think based off of what I read, it sounds like she thought like other people were supplying voices. Like it was all fake. <laughs> it's just so funny. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing because I was lucky enough to interview Mel C, which was so cool, like a few years ago. And like I was speaking to her a lot about her mental health during the Spice Girls kind of big peak. And she was saying it was just awful (laughs) because, you know, she had an amazing time and she really appreciated all the opportunities coming her way. But she had the most awful eating disorder. She was being hounded by the media about it. Their schedule was grueling. They had to go around with no sleep and not eating properly and not being looked after properly and be all smiles all the time. And that's also the other side of it where the idea of the pop star always have to be perfect. Yeah. And that's kind of what I dislike about that is that being human is not perfect all the time. And it's kind of like denying that you have a real life and you have low points and you, you know, have, you're not like, I don't know, a mannequin and, you know, you you have feelings and emotions and stretch marks and life and you've lived, you know, and that kind of thing. And that's why I think in terms of being a role model for younger 
people too it's really important that artists are allowed to be open and honest and and don't feel that pressure to be some kind of like perfection flawless thing yeah and i think that's like what didn't work about the pop star model of the 90s and like the 2000s is it's what you just said it's like the spice girls they had so much going on behind the scenes in their real lives and they weren't allowed to show that like they had to be perfect all the time and that led to a lot of breakdowns britney spears lindsay lohan just like awful things because they couldn't keep up that fake facade and the other thing that's frustrating and sarah and i have touched on this before is like like child pop stars are always pushed like they're just workhorses and Mm -hmm. are never taken care of never given therapy like never you know having structure in their lives growing up and it's just ridiculous to expect them to like always be perfect yeah completely i think that's what's really cool about Billie eilish is that we we've all seen those like you know every year same interview thing Mm -hmm. and there was that second year which is when she just blew up and everyone was like is she good like she looks really stressed and she's talking about how she's not really happy and everyone was like oh no she's become another victim of the like child fame thing yeah but then the next couple interviews she's like no i'm like i'm i really love my life like i'm in a flow like i feel good yeah clearly it's because she has like a support system around her her brother she works with her brother so she has family all, all the time and you know if you have good people around you then you don't succumb to that but she's also been body shamed had so much shit given to her for not being this like completely i, I don't know like unreal thing it's like she's yeah, a real person she didn't fit the pop star norm so people yeah. are like how dare you and like this is the thing with like more label controlled acts where it's like oh this person can sing but they don't have any other quote-unquote skills so like we have to write their songs for them we have to like choreograph them we have to do all these things is it's like there's essentially like obviously i don't know this for a fact but it feels like there's like a checklist of like okay they can do this they can do this like who are they dating what are they doing like we have to control the whole image and it's the same thing where it's like lance bass felt like he couldn't be out as gay because he was like well we're being sold as this thing for like young girls to like fall in love with and just even sadder because I mean like in England like George Shelley from Union J like there was a gay an out gay member of Union J but he was like there can't be two of us and I'm 20 so I need to like he felt this pressure to like be perceived as straight because that's what they were like trying to sell to these girls of like oh we need them to be able to imagine a life with you because you're singing these songs about how you love like women and it's like gay people can still love women (laughs) like it's just a different way like they can still want them to find true love or whatever and so it's just those things where it's like you have to literally hide every single or you had to like obviously and this is why we're having this conversation is because things have been able to change because of social media and having more access to these pop stars where it's like harder to hide whereas like in the 90s and the early aughts when this was all blowing up the pop star ideal was so much easier to hit all the check marks because they just had like a forward-facing life and a private life and nobody knew about their private life until paparazzi started up and being like oh we have dirt on you how much you want to pay us to bury this and it's like so much stress that's like the the old version of like Twitter receipts was <laughs> paparazzi and now it's like anyone can be paparazzi. Yeah. Really? Anyone can dig up dirt. I think for me, when you're talking about the sort of checklist and not showing your private life and this is what you can do and where you can go and like who you can be. For me, the modern day, the closest kind of modern day equivalent to that would be the whole like 
k-pop industry yeah machine and don't get me wrong i'm a huge k-pop fan i love bts i love blackpink i love twice i have i'm you know like a big fan of loads of them luna another one but if you like have seen the blackpink documentary Mm -hmm. um on netflix they kind of did a like a kind of good job of hiding it although there's a moment where they're interviewing some of the girls and they're like being actually quite honest about how yeah it was really hard i had to like leave my family and i couldn't see any of my family or friends for years and it was like really grueling and we were training all day and like i can't really have a personal life and (laughs) i kind of have to like do this and go there and wear this and you know and it's kind of like that for me is the is like if I think pop star I think that actually I think of just these girls being kind of molded and Mm -hmm. trained to be Blackpink or whoever you know yeah they're they're like literally like create they're creating new people out of old people in a lab basically where it's like you show up and you're like a bright and shiny 15 year old excited to do pop music and then you're in like a training camp for like two three years possibly more and they're just like okay we're gonna like get rid it's, it's kind of like going to like drama school but it's like method acting drama school where they're like we're gonna beat out your personality until there's nothing left of you so you're a clean slate to like take on this character we want you to be and it's just it's just so crazy yeah and that's the ultimate kind of don't step out of line don't say the wrong thing properly media trained pop star be this don't don't do anything crazy like (laughs) have a personality so that fans you know can tell you apart but don't have too much of a personality you know it's like that's sort of very in the middle thing and then also really like high budget airbrushed videos and dance routines and the whole thing you know i mean like if you think about it pop especially in the sort of noughties every pop star had to be able to dance Mm-hmm. I can't dance for shit like I'm not saying I'm a <laughs> pop star but you know like I make pop music and that doesn't really feel like I've, I've danced in videos before but like it used to be like and with all the k-pop stars they have to be super dance trained that's part of the audition yeah they have to be good at everything yeah I I, w- I could never be a pop a k-pop star <laughs> I wouldn't pass the first round of auditions like it's just funny because like it's still clearly stuck in our heads that pop stars are supposed to like have choreographed dances dances and stuff because I mean up until this past year like Dua Lipa was trying so hard and I'm like this girl has no rhythm (laughs) such a talented beautiful woman I just remember the first time I saw her my friend and I like loved her and we'd never seen her do any live performances or anything and my friend's like a trained ballerina and she's like why is she trying so hard to dance (laughs) yeah I mean like the thing is I totally I feel you girl I can't dance either but like it was the fact that they were really trying to make that happen someone behind the scenes I can just imagine them being like do we have this routine she's like oh not again like really I think she's gotten really good though actually she's She's, like clearly had like some proper dance training I feel her I mean I can't say shit like I I have very little rhythm I mean I (laughs) I have rhythm but like when it translates into my body it's like that video of Katy Perry with Migos so some of like today's kind of quote unquote pop stars, there's another article we found. It was from Vanity Fair in 2018 by DJ Louis XIV. And the article is titled, Has 2018 Killed the Pop Star? And so they're talking in this article, basically both 2017 and 2018 played host to an utter 
litany of flops. Katy Perry, Kesha, Lord, Fergie, Miley Cyrus, Timberlake, and Swift, all of whom recently owned the Zeitgeist, have released notably underperforming albums. Half of those albums failed to even achieve a single top 10 hit. Even Beyonce also hadn't received, or she made it into the top five, but... uh, No, she didn't reach the top five, so she got into the top... She's the only one that got past top 10. There we go. So... That's just like goes to show that like even in 2018, like there was clearly like a shift happening of who we would think of as pop stars, like not even really hitting the mark as far as, you know, number one hits. And of course, that's changed since 2018. Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, like, of course, they've had more since then. But we can see like this shifting and then people like Kesha, Troy Sivan, Carly Rae Jepsen, who do make like pretty, like almost pure pop type music, they have cult followings, but they aren't as huge in the spotlight. And also just like on top of that, like in that sort of like shift of music, like Drake was like dominating the charts. And like I had said earlier, it's like the male pop star archetype is like Justin Timberlake, even though Justin Timberlake made his career off of the fact that he broke up with Britney Spears I don't like how dare he um, he made that point with a bop though cry me a river made it with like Damn. multiple bobs I think almost every single song is still about Britney so I mean Justin needs to see a therapist <laughs> but like he is like the idea of like a male pop star and Drake is kind of like the antithesis of that because even when Drake tries to like Drake's like singing but not really and he obviously is like fully making all of his own music he has like all of this like immense talent in a very different way than Justin Timberlake and I feel like that at least in like popular culture music shows sort of the pivot of like what people especially with the availability of streaming of like what people are interested in and like willing to be like this is popular this is what I think of when I think of pop music because obviously nobody's gonna say that Drake is a pop star because we have that like idea of what pop music is but he was one of the most popular artists for like five years running and so it's like when like when are we gonna figure out a new name for this so that people can differentiate what the hell is going on well, I think that just shows that the term pop star is kind of kind of defunct in a way because it's like, what does it really describe? If it only describes a certain archetype, then that's also kind of discriminatory because it's then leaving out massive chunks. I mean, it's also, you know, in terms of, I mean, for me, like if I if I think about loads of pop artists I love, it's a whole diverse mix. Um, but then, yeah, if you say pop star, actually like subconsciously a very specific kind of image pops into my head, which cuts mm-hmm. out swathes of different people who make pop music so I think in a way it is kind of as a term kind of irrelevant in a way yeah yeah so I think you know a huge contributor to like this theme that we've been talking about is not just the rise of the internet because I think it is interesting that the internet became available to most people around 1994 and right after that is when we started seeing Britney and sync all of those artists becoming more popular and then once we get to the social media era and the streaming era this is when it changes again and this is when we're seeing different types of artists out there who are becoming popular because it's giving a platform to other voices really and streaming people get to like vote with their streams essentially so i'm curious actually girly like what your experience has been growing up as an artist in an age where you have so much control over your artistry 
I mean, funnily enough, I didn't always have control over my artistry. I kind of went down a very traditional route of I was very young. I dropped out of school like when I just turned 17, got signed my first publishing deal, then signed my first record deal when I just turned 18 with a major label and then was with the major label for four years maybe and got given a lot of money when I signed and then took that money and just didn't really know what to do with it and kind of went down a really unhealthy spiral for the first couple of years and then my music was kind of going all over the place I didn't really know who I was and then my label weren't really giving me the support and then it started to get like quite pressurized and I feel like when I look back at my debut album, Odd One Out, even though I'm proud of the album and those songs, I'm also very aware that all of the imagery around it, all of the videos, a lot of the production, the mixing was not really within my control. It was very polished because the label wanted me to be. It was very polished because the label wanted me to fit that kind of middle lane archetype of pop which hello surprise surprise didn't work because it wasn't authentic uh, and then when I left the label uh, I got I got dropped by the label which is also another kind of really taboo thing your career's over you got dropped which is now maybe that would have been the case before the internet or whatever when a band gets dropped where are they gonna get marketing and promotion and money and support but I already had this fan base that I'd created online so that meant that I could continue making music releasing it I had a a following already and then I signed again to an indie label this time who I now have a lot more control over my own artistry I make all my own artworks I direct all my own music videos now like it's very much now in my control but I've experienced both sides and I think actually major labels attitude to making pop artists kind of take up this inoffensive middle lane is actually like not working anymore because yeah. the charts or popular music or whatever is like dominated by loads of different genres and loads of different artists and people doing weird and wacky things and i think actually people don't really want to see i don't know that's not true there's there's always going to be a market for like inoffensive middle lane kind of like in the background music or whatever not saying anything against that kind of music i listen to a lot of that kind of music but like in terms of people are really attached because of social media now especially to artists and their personality fans have so much more access to the artist's life their personal life what they do not just the songs so in a way like I think now I'm realizing I'm being way more myself. My releases are, I have way more control over them. My imagery, my social media, I have way more control over it. And I feel like people respond better to that, are responding better to that than when I was trying to polish everything up and like blend in because people will like seeing authenticity but it also means that like like you were saying with paparazzi and how that you know that's now on social media anyone can be paparazzi you have to put like way more of your life out there mm -hmm. and way more of your personal life and preferences and opinions matter and come into people deciding whether to listen to your music or not not just because they like like your songs you know yeah i mean the thing that I just find interesting is it's like even 10 years ago the thought of a person singing pop music not being signed to a major label and like allowed to be referred to as indie was just such a left field idea even though it's like like in my mind it's like Kesha was always sort of like a left field pop star because she was singing about sex and she was kind of like raunchy and dirty and like not like a gross way and like a, I want to hang out with her kind of way and she sort of was like the first one who even though there was always like hints that like 
sex and that, those sort of things in pop music like she at least in my mind and I could obviously be completely wrong but like to, in my like in my ideas like she was the first raunchy like pop star that was given to us from a major label allowed to do that and then it felt like because of that other people who liked pop music but didn't want to fit in that like mold were like oh I can be kind of like pop rock but still be a quote-unquote pop star because Kesha's doing this thing <clears throat> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. But also, I think with this ability, like, even though there are pop stars that don't fit into that, so it's like Halsey is technically like a pop star because of the type of music she sings, but Halsey talks about her mental health very, like, openly and talks about, like, how she's bisexual and those sort of things, but still at the same time, the songs that her team puts out as singles and the stuff that they put out, because no matter who she is openly to, like, her fan base and the internet and the world, like, the label is still in control, so even if she has love songs about girls, the label's like, no, we're not going to do that. And I feel like that's a detriment, especially to Gen Z who are so much more like open and like willing to be like progressive compared to like generations prior to them because of the world of the internet to not have access to music on the charts that's like singing about things that they can relate to. And so I feel like there still is because like pop music is good. Whoever said like anybody who says pop music is bad is drunk. <laughs> like what like is it's ridiculous. But they it's can like piss off. <laughs> it's like when you're a kid and you're listening to like what your parents deem is acceptable for children to listen to or whatever. So for my generation that's like putting on Radio Disney and what you get is what you get and whatever the case is, but it's like you're pre-programmed to like pop music. That's what you're like taught and like listen to and for them then growing up and already liking pop music and being able to go on Spotify at like the age of 13 and find artists like you or other people creating pop music that's like different that's so exciting to like be aware that that's happening because it didn't used to happen and now they have access to artists that make the kind of music where they're like oh I like love Ariana Grande but like I don't really relate to her because what she's singing about but then there's other artists that have other type of stuff yeah for sure I think um yeah it's really cool to see that pop music isn't it used to be like when I was in school I remember it being like oh you like pop music <laughs> lame you know and, and I said that as well you know I was like ugh pop music it's so like basic <laughs> fuck yeah. that um and it was like oh I like emo stuff or alternative or la 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 like pop is for losers yeah and now it's like pop is amazing but also pop is like an umbrella term for so much music now 
and everyone yeah everyone loves pop music even if it's just like everyone has found a, a pop song catchy or fun to dance to or something i mean you know if you go clubbing and enjoy like getting really drunk and like dancing to what they're playing there then you're a pop fan come on like you know yeah i think it's funny what you just said about like liking emo music because i've like always my like identity as like a music fan is like oh i like alternative music like that's how i'm like i like rock music i like alternative and then my spotify wrapped at the end of the year is like number one genre is pop <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like I really can't hide from it anymore. Like it's true. I love pop music. I love Dua Lipa, Harry Styles, Charlie XCX. Like lots of artists out there fall into the pop category and they're good. And like, I shouldn't be like ashamed of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, my Spotify wrapped is always Taylor Swift, number one. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's, I say it's embarrassing. It's just not, I, I'm not going to hide from it anymore. Like <laughs> this is who I am. <laughs> like exactly it's just like the internalized misogyny of the world of that tiny part of our brains that's still like i gotta be cool i gotta be cool <laughs> and it's like mm -hmm. but pop music is cool look at dua lipa i think it's also that feeling of not wanting to like be with the crowd that's what it was in high school like yeah. oh i don't listen to pop because everyone listens to that i listen yeah. to this really unknown band called paramore <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know if you've heard of them <laughs> you know and Sarah, I think like what you said about the, the great thing about social media and streaming and the internet is that to reiterate what you said, it's just kind of like it has given like the younger generation access to artists that they can identify with. And I think that's so important. And that's probably a big contributing factor as to why they think so differently than like the later generations and like why they are so much more open is because they have access to other pop stars, artists, just people in general who are more similar and they can identify with. Yeah, completely. I think people like not all people, but a lot of the kind of Gen Z, like internet generation, love honesty and rawness and vulnerability and seeing something that they can relate to rather than seeing something that's just like so far removed from their reality. Yeah. Do you think, I want to say, I don't know if there's there was a difference between you recording when you were assigned to a label before versus like your current label and how you produce music now. Do you feel like you've been able to be more authentic or vulnerable or do you feel like you're always kind of playing the line of like how much to show of yourself to your to your fan base? Oh yeah, I, I show everything um, <laughs> now, but a lot more now, yeah. I think also it does really make a difference. Most of my team now are women, which really makes a difference to how comfortable I feel um, playing music to the team and like showing them stuff and having ideas and like going into a boardroom full of like middle-aged white men and playing them songs about how like you have this crush on a girl or you like really want to like have sex all the time or I don't know like it just doesn't you feel embarrassed and you feel yeah. like you can't really share that and yeah I mean like my song hot mess was literally about being told by my label you're too messy you need to present yourself better and feeling like they would never say that to a male artist you know? yeah I mean it's interesting that like even you have you, like you had the experience of like both sides of it because it seems like as much as like we're in the third wave of feminism and as much as we can talk about like topics that like were once taboo and like mental health and like being more open the music industry is still so much rooted in the patriarchy <laughs> like even though we want to believe like there's a lot of female and like non-gender conforming artists out there like we just said if you look at the billboard charts it says otherwise like that's the crazy part of all of this 
Well, it's also the thing where how, like, we, I mentioned this, like, almost all the time, but it's, like, whenever a male artist, like, leaves, like, a boy group or, like, leaves from being, like, a teen star, they always release their, like, justified album, their purpose, their record where it's, like, oh, yeah, like, I fuck, I do drugs, I do these things, and it's just, like, expected and and accepted, whereas, like, when Miley, like, released bangers or whoever does something like that, it's, like, when a woman artist releases an album that's, like, yeah, I fuck, I do drugs, it's, like, how dare you when the world is trying to convince us that, like, women have been liberated and like are allowed to do these things yet at the same time like nobody's giving Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber shit at like just especially Justin Bieber who was like 20 or 21 when Purpose came out it's like we should be like looking at this a little bit different or like Liam Payne with like LP1 with like a whole album of like nonsense sex stuff where I'm like have you fucked like I don't think so (laughs) it's Uh like but it's just like okay and nobody really except for some women are like like, hey, we should like pay attention to these lyrics here. Whereas like when women release that stuff, especially ones who are on the charts, who are A-listers, it's just like, how dare you? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's also that like, if a woman wants to talk about like her sex life or having desire in any way, or, you know, it, it either has to be so extreme and it's like so part of her brand like Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion what? they've like fully kind of owned it to the point where they're like well ass pussy like let's just go <laughs> super hardcore on this which is amazing but then you know if, if an artist who like doesn't a female artist who like doesn't normally talk about sex maybe mentions it on one track then it's suddenly like sun newspaper so and so gets rude and talks about how they have sex it's like what you think they're a virgin like they're like 26 you know what i mean like it's like this this thing of oh wow like women don't have like sex drive unless they make it really obvious you know it's like but then men never get questioned about talking about sex ever so which is why i really love that you know in a lot of like female rappers talking about just openly like yeah i like (laughs) cardi b saying i like morning sex like thank you you know (laughs) women do really enjoy sex like you know in a way artists like that they have had kind of like the voice to almost push the conversation forward it's almost like we need more artists like cardi b and like megan the sound like you just said who are gonna like come out and like straight up say it because like the more we normalize that in music and in culture in our conversations it seems like the better it like that's kind of leading the direction and like the better things will get for like those people who are like in the middle yeah exactly and but that's also the other thing is it's like we're trying to like move towards this more progressive thing but yeah at the same time it's like when there are like women who are different or don't fit into like the mold the media and also the general public just like tears them down and it's just like this really sad thing of it's amazing that pop music is allowed to like exist like in this like indie scope nowadays and like Kesha has sort of like moved into that sort of realm but more so how Carly Rae Jepsen to normal people is like a one-hit wonder but to her fans and to the rest of like the internet world she's still like killing it or like choice of honor these people who 
to the internet era are A-listers, but to the normal people, they're not. But whereas like the ones who are A-list, who are in the spotlight, they're being told by the internet because they are young, like, oh, like you can look different. You can be different. And then you have like a Jesse Nelson situation where the second Little Mix like comes out and starts existing, they just tear her down to the point where she had to quit the band and like literally still, even though she's like so talented, so beautiful, so like has so many amazing things about her, she still like can't look at herself in the mirror because of like Katie Hopkins and the rest of the fucking evil people on the internet. And so it's just like this thing that like, creating music that people love should not be such a double-edged sword like it should not be something where like there's always going to be one person who just can't win no matter what and for it to be somebody like that who's like part of a girl group where it's like they've picked you out and they're like okay you're the one we're gonna attack at all times no matter what it's just like so upsetting because I feel like with Little Mix like they they were very open about like mental health and their lives and like all of that, especially for people in the spotlight of the size that they are, especially in England. And then for them to just like continuously tear apart Jesse, it just makes me so upset. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's, it does kind of blow my mind because the pressure, I mean, for me, it's like, I don't understand why people are so entitled to feeling like people in the spotlight owe them something, you know? <laughs> like yeah. for, for Jesse Nelson, it's like, what the fuck do people want by bullying this woman like just listen to the music and leave her alone you know what i mean it's it's just the most bizarre thing where people feel like you're in the spotlight you're a pop star so we own you now and yeah. you have to be accountable to us and you're not size f- zero so why bitch you know it's like what the hell you know and it's the same thing for me with cancel culture and internet trolling and and people receipts and dragging people and this kind of thing like it's like goes too far where instead of it just being okay you're in the public eye like a lot of people look up to you you fucked up apologize correct your behavior let's move on but it's like we're gonna tear you down until you want to kill yourself and because you've fucked up and you're in the spotlight so you can't be human you have to be this perfect person who never makes mistakes what you know and like the other thing that just always like boggles my mind is it's like if you look up these people writing for like the sun or the daily mail or what have you like nine times out of ten they like have a family they probably have like a kid and it's like you're bullying like jesse nelson you're bullying adele you're bullying whoever you so choose on this random tuesday and it's like your daughter probably is not like is not doesn't look like ariana grande like what do you don't you want your daughter to have people who are just like normal looking pretty girls with like personalities who aren't relying on like they're just god-given like sex appeal to be successful like why are you tearing them down when like your kid probably is at home with like her 17 little mix posters on the wall being like wow jesse and i have so much in common like she was the class clown too and yet you're at your job like tearing into her it's like it just doesn't make any sense because it's like as we keep saying it's like you're human you have flaws like just because you're not in the spotlight doesn't mean that somebody you know or you personally can't relate to like the not barbie looking person in the spotlight and it just 
like I just don't get it because it's I would want there to be people like more people that are approachable looking in the spotlight and the fact that they're like no how dare you <laughs> how dare you be a n- normal human so when I like think of you know there's just this conversation this is just like something that reoccurs a lot on this podcast is like women aren't allowed to be humans like they have to be perfect always and like what can like what can be done to like for this to actually change because like culturally you know we're talking about this but within the music industry itself like there's also as we mentioned like there's a boardroom of white men and to me it seems like the only way to like move past this is to hire people of different backgrounds period just that's it like higher diversity because having multiple voices in the room is how we're going to continue to like push forward these conversations and it not to always be stifled and always be the same pop star narrative yeah exactly i think that the behind the scenes you know labels you know down to like who's doing the hair and makeup on the video like who's styling who's organized who's tour managing who's you know just the whole team like it makes such a difference if you have a really diverse mix of people but especially at the labels who's like signing people who's like promoting who's helping with marketing like because you know if you have like an if you have all white men in these environments then yeah it's really really hard to diversify in terms of artists it's also just hard for artists to feel like they can be themselves as well but I think like things are going to change by people by artists being more real and more honest and, and, you know, kind of being, because it is bravery because it's easier to just kind of pretend everything's perfect online because you'll get less shit for it. And I completely understand that. And I don't hate on people who do that because it can be like really hard to, to just be real but I think like yeah more and more you know we need like more body positivity we need I mean like someone like Lizzo is incredible for example because she's just like this is me deal with it and people fucking love Lizzo you know and and her songs too she talks about that and it's all about self-love but then she also has days where she's like I'm not doing so great today and so she's like vulnerable in that way too yeah Yeah, I think having different voices who like you just said, feel empowered or like are brave enough to like speak their truth and like share their stories is like huge, huge, huge. As we said, it's huge for the audience members who are listening, who are teens who are growing up, being able to see people who look like them have a platform and speak about the same issues that they have. That's a really big thing is just like, if everyone is able to see someone in pop music or in popular music or artists and be like, hey, like that's like me. You know, if everyone was able to to have that, then it would it would be amazing, you know? So I think, yeah, there needs to be, like, way, way more diversity. I think also, like, the fact that there are a lot of women who are sort of turning pop on its head, especially ones that, like, were, like, accessible to young people, like Poppy, for example, who is, like, a YouTube star creating, like had like her weird robot persona but like the music she was putting out was very like straightforward like bubblegum pop music and then the second she was like free from titanic what's his face like she was like i'm gonna do pop metal and i'm gonna like blow the minds of these children and i think that that's also a really amazing like utilization of pop is like introducing younger people who are already your fans 
into like a world of other types of music where it's like look look how versatile pop can be and I feel like on the charts over the past few years like there have been lots of like pop country crossovers pop like rock crossovers that sort of thing and then for Poppy to be like I'm gonna do pop metal and I'm like this is everything I've ever dreamed of in my whole life thank you internet robot and so it's just it's just fun sort of watching and like Rina Sawayama is that uh, yeah like she's doing like a weird take on pop music too and like that sort of thing where it's like there's all these artists doing these really interesting takes on pop that people wouldn't even like assume are pop music but it's still like a gateway into like the rest of the world of music and I'm like this is so powerful I love this I think it just shows that the word pop is like such a rich definition because it's just this umbrella term for so much cool shit yeah definitely I mean Jenna you had somebody that you wanted to mention of yeah like one of the artists that comes to mind as far as like people who are kind of changing the game is Dorian Electra and they're like gender non-conforming and they play a lot with stereotypes of like hyper masculinity and they had a whole album flamboyant which just each song and like the music videos that went along with it were playing with like different tropes of like just different phases of masculinity and i think that's that's a really interesting conversation they're kind of like in the hyper pop realm following you know charlie xcx type artists and i think we're gonna start to see a rise of more artists that are doing stuff like that yeah i mean like hyper pop is is a whole like amazing like genre of pop music that's come through in the last couple of years it's really inspired by like the noughties kind of like bringing back loads of old sounds and stuff and yeah i love dorian electra they're amazing i think it's really interesting because they are one of those artists who's sort of like leading the hyper pop scene but then also like i don't know like also leading the way in this queer hyper pop kind of community online and it's really cool. And also I think their music, a lot of their songs are, is social commentary and is almost comedic, you know, yeah. like, sorry, bro, I love you. And yeah, like, I love that one. Um, you know, all this stuff. And like, ram it, I think it's called, which is like, don't ram it down my throat that you're gay. And stuff like this where it's almost like, they're mocking the characters that they're talking about yeah. in their songs, which is so interesting. And the visuals are, are almost, the visuals are like as important as the songs or the music videos and everything. Yeah. I just think it's like so it's fun having this conversation and realizing like pop stars aren't real (laughs) and it's like you if you just want to call yourself a pop star call yourself a pop star it's not going to hurt anyone and I just think that that's kind of beautiful (laughs) where it's like if that if you're making pop music and you want to be like yeah I'm a pop star you can just do it because it doesn't matter anymore because pop music and popular music have completely just like spread apart from each other to the point where it's like like they're not even like ever going to converge like in the same way as they used to and I just think that that's so, like it's so powerful it's so special it's so special because <laughs> it leaves room for so many people to like explore pop because it doesn't feel like something that you have to fit within a mold of anymore yeah, and I know that you have an EP coming out soon and so with your style of music do you want to talk about a bit of that about how you're utilizing your music and what the like plan is for the ep yeah for me i've i've always kind of felt like a bit genreless as well like i make pop music and i make alternative pop music i guess with a kind of like punky edge but at the same time i think all my songs sound super different and are kind of drawn together because they're all by me and 
in fact i kind of struggle sometimes listening to a lot of my music to feel like does this all is this like cohesive like could this all come under the same artist name and people like this is so girly and i'm like is it i don't know um (laughs) but like the next couple eps i've written so much music over the last like six months and so i kind of have the next sort of three eps basically lined up in a way um and i think for me i'm trying to kind of push what does pop music mean to me and and what can i kind of make and and just trying to go with the flow rather than replicate obviously like all music is inspired by other music there's Mm -hmm. you can't make a complete new thing everyone's inspired by things so i'm taking from 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 all over the place and trying to kind of make stuff that sounds different and new and yeah it's a real mix like some of it's really punky some of it's very uh emotional and weird and yeah i don't really know what kind of genre it is but the ep is is called x talk and it comes out on the 12th of february two days before valentine's day and it's all about like heartbreak and like anti-valentine's basically and then the ones after that it's kind of i guess a series in a way but yeah i'm just trying to put out as much music as possible really that's kind of my tactic for this year (laughs) is just keep putting out music i feel like people need music now more than ever so that makes sense and i mean i think it's funny that you're just like saying how like you feel well not funny but it's just interesting when you're saying like you feel like genreless and stuff because i feel like as somebody who does music journalism you always feel the need to be like compare artists to other artists and I always love when I'm like sent an EP or like a CD and I'm like this doesn't sound like I'm like I don't even know who you want me to pull out of my ass to compare this to because I feel like Uh. that's what happens sometimes it's like you read a review and you're like where where did that come from that's the aim I think for me (laughs) (laughs) I want to be I want to make songs where you're like what is this (laughs) (laughs) that was a pretty good compliment I think we just proved with this conversation that pop stars were made by the music industry and they are not real. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we actually kind of made a pretty solid argument for that in the first five minutes, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of it was just proving our points. All right, anyone want to come fight us? (laughs) Um, We have the receipts, so you can't. So today we're doing a little spin on Band of the Week because Girlie is an artist, so... If if you could, can you, for our listeners who haven't heard your music before or anything like this, can you sell yourself to them in 30 seconds or less? I'll try my best. Okay, Janet, would you like to give her a countdown? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go in three, two, one. Hi, my name's Girly. I'm from London. I make pop music for people who maybe don't think they like pop music. Um, my songs are kind of punky riot girl meets hyper pop slash 90s inspired Alanis Morissette kind of vibes um I don't know oh whoops I probably don't have that much time left um I have pink hair as well um that's a big thing I'm queer um I talk about that quite a lot as well um also I'm brutally honest I'm relatable (laughs) that's (laughs) brilliant so, Girly, thank you so much for joining us on this conversation today. It was really lovely to have your perspective as someone who is an artist on all things pop. So, yeah, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And if people want to follow up and find you online, where what are your socials? Where can they find you? Um, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, uh, and Depop, if you want to buy anything from me. I am Girly Music, G-I-R-L-I Music and on YouTube and Spotify and all the streaming sites, I'm Girly, G-I-R-L-I. Perfect, and we will link everything in the description below for those of you who are listening. So that was 
I love her. <laughs> She's wonderful. It's so fun doing this with people who like are like live it so you're like oh mm -hmm. like you're technically a new form of a pop star what's your thoughts on this and she has so many good thoughts and so if you guys have any good thoughts or want to discuss with us I feel like there's nothing to fight me about this week maybe yeah. if you're a Justin Timberlake fan but I feel like I don't I don't know I feel like there's nothing to fight me about this week so if you just want to be nice to us this time <laughs> Since nobody, nobody fights me anyway. But if you have thoughts, concerns, comments, come chat with us on Twitter, Instagram. Come watch our breakdown TikToks at Name Three Songs on all social media, or personally at Sarah underscore Fagan and at Jenna underscore Million. Um, and if you want bonus content, you can come join us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Name Three Songs. So thank you so much for joining us on Name Three Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit namethroughsongs.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.